So, Ross, as you as a professional, you know that writing is all about how you trick yourself into actually sitting down and performing the terrible, lonely task of writing. Yes. Uh, so we all motivate ourselves with these little arrangements we make in our heads. Like, I get to play a video game after yeah. What's the stupidest reward you've ever given yourself for finishing a word count? I think uh, right after I got the Cinnabar Player's Guide used, uh, Player's Handbook, used at metagames i said i'll look through that after i finish uh, 500 words (laughs) wow that's a lot of words for a pretty crappy (laughs) it's werewares caleb i mean it's it's a unique contribution to the world canon of literature Uh, i would think that's like a negative reinforcement like (laughs) yeah write 500 words or we'll make you read this book I like bad good games or bad bad games. So I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, what about you though? Uh, when I was unemployed and I got so tired of turkey sandwiches, I convinced myself that if I finished my 2,000 word counts by noon, I could walk to the gas station and get some buck fifty popcorn chicken from Casey's. So, so I rewarded myself with disgusting gas station food because it gave me an excuse to leave the house. So. Polluting your body or your mind? What's worse? <laughs> yeah, both polluted our souls a little bit. I it's a, think it's a philosophical question, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in this episode of Game Designers Workshop, uh, multitasking mayhem. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, it's been a while for Game Designers Workshop, uh, early November. Yes, it has. <laughs> uh, but we've been busy here at RPPR, so uh, in this episode we're going to be talking about managing multiple projects. Juggling, uh, as uh, if you want to get into game design and you want to do something you know interesting with it, it's usually... I, I know game designers either are they do the one thing and that's all they ever do, or they, you know try to have something of a career or a dedicated hobby, I guess, Yeah, uh, where they get multiple projects. So how do you deal with that and how we've been dealing with that? Because we've both had a lot of those kind of issues come up yes. uh, between freelancing, our own work, the podcast, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, so we'll be talking about that in this episode uh, and also give you updates on Ruin and Red Markets uh, or Red Markets and Ruin. I don't I'm definitely first. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, so we do have a bit of news. Um, the RPPR, the Roleplaying Public Radio, Patreon is up uh, and is uh, doing very well. Uh, thank you, everyone who contributed. Uh, we've already recorded the ep- second episode of RPPR After Hours. Yes, thank you, everyone. Ross is making poverty wages for the uh, Yes. Now. All right. After like your- a king of men. <laughs> like after seven years of unpaid labor, <laughs> I finally get a market value. He has so. a fur coat and a scepter on. That's yes. what you read that you listeners can't see. Uh, because jewelry, like scepters, cannot be confiscated by the police. They have to return it to you so you can pawn it for money. That's why <laughs> Pimps carry so many jewels. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I learned something today. Exactly. And so did the... Li- well, that was our episode. <laughs> Invest in jewels. Uh, and and gold necklaces. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's why they carry so many things uh, like that. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of great rewards. I've already scheduled the first out- online game uh, for backers, for uh, patrons. 
Uh, but also in other news. Uh, and so check that out if you want to listen in on our bonus podcast. And we have a lot of great stuff for our backers, uh, behind the scene blog posts, uh, artwork in desktop wallpaper size that will be coming. Uh, Caleb Cena preview of the first image. Uh, I don't, I don't know what else we could have had be the first image. Oh, that's, no. Yeah. That's really it is the shot heard around the world. <laughs> yes. Or the shark fight. <laughs> Spoiler. Despaired yeah. around the internet. I don't know. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> uh, it is. It is legend. Um, also, uh, boiling point. I've gotten the uh, notes back from the author, and I'm making those. Uh, so we'll have a revised uh, draft up for you guys to look at very soon. And that won't be. I won't take nearly as long with that. So that'll be the final. We're in the final stages of proofreading, copy editing, and. Uh, getting that book ready for publication. So hopefully within a month or so, it should be ready for you guys to download as a product or buy up uh, on demand. So uh, depending on what level you backed at. So hooray! Yay! <laughs> uh, and I am working on the Base Raider PDFs, which is a, sort of going into our main topic. How do you manage multiple things? Because right now, uh, I have multiple freelance work projects, some of which I can't I can't talk about, some of which I can't talk about because of various contracts. One I can't talk about is a uh, pack of Fate Accelerated Edition villains uh, that I did called the Tarot Villain Gang. Uh, they're the Tarot Gang. Uh, they're all based on the Tarot cards. and uh, So I'll put a link up to that. So it's a PDF uh, of six new villains for Fate Accelerated Edition. Uh, it'd be pretty easy to convert to base raiders, um, yeah, because fate. And uh, then the pod- time for all that number crunching. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes, along with uh, fate, Ross. I know, right? And then so, and then I'm also working on base raiders projects, uh, and then the podcast. So those are three major things that I'm working on at any given time. And then you, Caleb, you have a job and a uh, yeah, red markets and. Uh, Better angels. So, uh, yeah, what brought this to mind was that it's tax season, and I, uh, from the last year where I was unemployed, just just be perfectly clear on that, during my year of unemployment, I have so far gotten nine of my W-2s in, and I am waiting (laughs) on more. Wow. Uh, So, yeah, I I did not use my unemployment for sitting around time. Yeah. but yeah, it's it's managing multiple projects that appear at different times, and it, it's problematic. So I remember before I got the job, my plan was to I'm going to do a small game and get that out while I'm working on Red Martin. That was the stupidest thing I've ever thought, <laughs> and I'm glad that didn't happen. Uh, but yeah, you know, so I'm managing multiple projects and, and things of that nature. So recently, I'm working on uh, Red Market's playtest draft, so a draft that can be readable to other people. Because we've gotten to where we can run single sessions of the game that are pretty consistently fun. Yeah. Uh, and so we're just working on macro kind of campaign stuff, rules now, and seeing if I can teach other people to run it. Yeah. Since I can't package myself in a box. We did a uh, playtest at Springfield Game last year. Yes. Or you did. I mean, uh, and yeah, since then there has been much movement on that. But yeah, it was every everyone was saying it was really fun. Yeah, play testers, including and, and, the, were, and the game we had before that was pretty fun just with the RPPR. And these were people group. who were not even like members of the RPPR fan or like yeah, you know, just players who showed up. So, yeah, yeah. So was, uh, I'm excited to do that, and I'm trying to get that together. But uh, you know, I've been working my job. And then I know there's another freelancing job I can't talk about coming down the pipe. Yeah. And they were kind of late in getting it to me. So I was scrambling to get as much possibly done before the freelancing job came down, uh, in addition to my own full-time 
teaching work. So yeah. uh, I, I think since we are following our motto of fucking up in real time uh, <laughs> for, for, for your educational benefit, uh, that you know, managing multiple projects is something that people need to you know, think about. Because uh, I, I don't think we would ever give the advice of only work on a single project for a long, sustained period of time like Red Markets. Like I would yeah. never suggest that uh, your first game design be – you know what I'm. I'm shooting for a 200-page book that will yeah. have a bunch of art. But know. a lot of people do that, and that's that's kind of one of the things. Yeah. That, uh, but I but really work for have. another company or, or yeah. you know ransom something or something like that. But once you start doing that, the thing is, is like when you get up to an exposure level where you feel like you can try doing the big, huge, yeah. monster self-designed system. It's not like that little stuff you did to kind of get yourself established and learn the ropes yeah. is going to go away. You still have to keep doing. Yeah that little stuff so uh the, the, i mean that is uh very true and i mean that, that that's what i was kind of hitting on when talking about beginning game designers they want to do the one thing yeah and like they have this perfect idea whether it's a fantasy heartbreaker or the you know the next great game and then because they don't have the experience doing it they they try and do a 300 page book by themselves or with very little support and then they just hit a roadblock because they they don't have the experience in dealing with these kind of behemoths because i mean it just takes on a life of its own dealing with a major project like that and then they give up and then then they just abandon it and they try again with something else and they try again with something else but so they have this string of abandoned projects that they never fulfill and or they write it and no one knows who they are yeah and they can't crowdfund the money to make it look like something somebody might pick up yeah you need to i mean if you want to get into game design you need to be able to get projects to completion even if it's a small thing a small thing that is done is a lot better than a half than a huge thing that's half done yeah people will not be impressed by like oh i i got like the art and a map and like two levels of this mega dungeon done and that looks really cool well so what you know, I can't use that. No one can use that in a game. I mean, some people might be able to uh, make some use of it, but it's not as good as like here's a one-page uh, character class for Dungeon World, you know, or here's a two-page game, but front and back side. You know, Cthulhu Dark is a lot better than a ten thousand word dungeon. Yeah, but at the same time, like it's very easy to be too hard yeah. on yourself about this kind of stuff and sure. ki- and kill your own enthusiasm because. Yeah. God, it does take an insane amount of time. Like yeah. the Better Angels book is still not out, and it I, it is done. And but like it takes a huge amount of time to lay it out. It takes a huge yeah. amount of time to get the distribution all together. And yeah, and I'm still doing. I still haven't had a chance to run the games yet for yeah. the additional games. So you know, it's not like I'm not making progress. And I didn't write 120 thousand words of it. I mean, but at the same time they move at their own pace and so a lot of times you have very little control of over when things go out so there could be a large period of time without the concrete reinforcer of seeing something come out it's like so i i I suspect the way things are going to happen for me is that i'm going to have a ton of stuff hit right before gen con this year between uh no soul left behind and some uh the firewall they've announced that that's already yeah. in layout so firewall will probably be out and we both have stuff in that yeah uh so I, I'll, I'll probably have a bunch of stuff that just pops out into gen con but it's gonna look like i didn't do anything for two years yeah like so uh yeah it's kind of i think that's more advanced than perhaps what we're capable of now the can't hide robin law let's make sure one thing pops out a year or something like that uh well they have they do multiple things too yeah i mean and the thing is what we're seeing is what they were working on two or three years ago yeah it's just now 
going through. There's a whole process that they've sort of perfected, yeah. you know, and we're just now getting into the rhythm of that. And mm-hmm. I think the other thing that's really beneficial, especially for newer people to realize, is if you work on multiple projects, it refreshes you. Like, if you, you get burned out on working on one thing for a long-ass time, and then if you switch gears for a while, I think it helps. I mean, or... I don't know. No, no, you're, you're definitely right. So, like, the, the joke at the beginning is not a joke. You have to basically manipulate yourself to be a writer. Yeah. That's, that's my current opinion. So, when I was alone in the house all day for unemployment, <laughs> writing, like, 5,000 words at a shot... You know, I w- it was not easy to do that. It was not yeah. like just a joy. Like I had to. Uh, so I, I had a part time teaching job at the university. Yeah. Uh, and I would get up every day, dress formally, pack all my things, pack a lunch, and drive to the university offices and work in there, even when I didn't have classes, because. I'm a professional. I am at work. I was literally just pantomiming, like, yeah. look at me. Stuff I could have done in, like, tidy whities covered in Cheeto dust. <laughs> like, there's nothing, I, there was nothing about what I was doing that demanded I be in there. And they had, they had actually less resources. I couldn't take books with me. You yeah. know, sometimes I'd need something from home that I forgot. But I was literally just fooling myself into, like, I'm at the office now. Right. Look at me. I'm an adult. Like, uh, but I got more done. Like, yeah. And I, you, have to, you have to recognize that you're tricking yourself, but not recognize it so much that it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. So, you, you, yeah, you have to manipulate yourself into doing the task. Or manipulating or motivating. Like, <laughs> you know, tomato, tomato. Uh, that's, yeah, and, and that, is, that is important. And for me, uh, I do like think. I mean, it's easy to get in like, oh, man, I got this great idea, and, you know, brainstorming random things and uh, talking about it on the forums. I mean, for me, one of the things uh, I think that breaks up the tedium is just actually the podcast because I get that uh, connection with fans, getting seeing their reaction in the comments and that kind of thing uh, really helps. And just the fact, for me, it's like if I do, I, if I upload a podcast episode or edit one or record one it hey that's work i am productive doot 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 you know mm-hmm. and so that that helps like get that illusion on uh that i'm doing you know it's like instead of being dressed for work all the time like i did something productive today yeah. see look yeah. that's on the internet now because of me <laughs> yeah Hooray. so uh, you know it's it, whatever works best for you whatever your situation is i mean some people are students and so you know maybe uh, I don't know what would help with students doing that kind of thing. Well, I mean, yeah. there's lots of tricks. You have to do yeah. what works for you. So, I, I mean, we can relate our own tricks. So, yeah. uh, I really like the Pomodoro technique timer where you work for 25 and you have five minutes off. Yeah. Uh, and then you do that like four times and then, then you have like 30 minutes off or something yeah. like that. And that is uh, actual behavioral cognitive science. So, you yeah. can get apps on your phone or apps on your computer that time you. Yeah. So, keep working for 25 minutes straight and then. If you can get in that condition, that's really good. Um, yeah. So Pomodoro is good, uh, but it, it only supports certain lifestyles. So like when I'm at work, I am extremely busy. I have a lot of preps. I have to help kids. It's not like I just yeah. like ignore some child's learning because I have to fill out a critical hit table. Uh, but we know you love those. Yeah, but I've had to completely you know respect the way I taught myself to write in the last year because it was very much like flow state long form yeah in the chair for three four or five hours at a time whereas now it's like i have 15 minutes on lunch yeah or i've got 25 minutes until they finish this test or something like that and you just have to hit the ground running so yeah i've uh i've done more extensive outlining than i have done in previous projects uh especially for ed markets i mean to the point where 
when I probably assemble into a book, it's probably going to be insane because I have like eight or nine sub folders in Scrivener, like for, and some are like two sentences long, and then I move on. Like, but I'm extensively outlining because I need those smaller increments to say, yeah. I got this done, I got this done, I yeah. got this done, because I just can't meet my word count, although I previously did. So, yeah. um, breaking it up, if you can do the pre planning kind of thing, so yeah. where you can achieve small chunks at a time, uh, is going to keep your motivation up. Uh, I am also a sucker for productive procrastination. Uh, so I will very research. Uh, yeah, I will, well, I will very often um, paint myself into a corner with two tasks I don't like, and so I will do one task to avoid the other task. Oh, okay. Uh, so, for instance, I got a lot of. I'm getting red markets done now, but I'm getting. A, I got. A, I'm recycling a lot of material. I'm recycling yeah. almost forty thousand words. And that's 40,000 words I wrote during the No Soul Left Behind draft. Because I'm yeah. like, if I have to come up with more and more, more goddamn superhero name, <laughs> I'm just going to end it. I'm just going to end it here. I'm not Stanley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then I go work on my book, yeah. my other book for a little bit, it, just to palate cleanse. Yeah. And so that helps. Uh, and I, I kind of set that up this weekend but uh, to work on Red Markers, and I have been. Uh, but I've just, you know, I got my grading done. I think I made a mistake in that regard. Like, mm. I got a bunch of grading done. I really hate grading. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I have, I, I realized I made a mistake because if I kept the grading and didn't get it out of the way first, I think I would actually achieve more in the book because yeah. I would feel guilt for not doing it. Uh, also, going to grad school helps. If you are uh, want to become a writer, not because you gain writing skills, but you you get the writer mentality is that you are guilty when you are not writing that or is, reading. Yeah, no, that is very true, and yeah. that is the that is the emotional state of all of grad school. Yeah. Like everything you do that is not grad school inspires guilt and pain, yeah. despite your need to do it, like sleep yeah. and eat. And this general uh, sense of constant agitation is very helpful for getting no, that, things that, done. That's true. Like, what am I forgetting? What am I not doing? Yeah. Uh, especially now, um, the for me, like I do to do lists. Like I write lists, and especially for longer projects, I'll be like, I will write one thousand words today of this thing, and then like I, when I mark it off, haha, I've got that off. And but also just making that list lets you know like what are all the things that are going on because it's easy actually to lose track of a project entirely. Yeah, if you've got enough of them going on. Yeah, and you don't want to. Do that like one of the things I just got an email recently was like oh Puppet Land like they had that Kickstarter for that last year and it's like yeah I could do a Puppet Land scenario as a stretch goal like it wasn't many words and then Shane's like oh Shane Ivy was like oh you need to actually write it I'm like oh yeah I should write it I pitched something <laughs> to you last year didn't I uh, so uh, that's on the to do list now yeah and, uh, breaking it up really helps and uh, going back to Scrivener uh, and I know not everybody likes it uh, you know some game designers in particular well yeah. don't use a word document yeah. use whatever you want but not a not, word not, document if you're doing a if, book if you're doing a long yeah. yeah I learned this when I was trying to write a novel for the first time you know when I got 30,000 words in I'm like the fuck was going on you know 10,000 words ago and I go back and read it then I lose track of what's going on yeah and you need some categorization Scrivener is Scrivener has a ton of ton of features at 95% of which I know nothing about and but the fact that you can have one document and then like break it up into subfolders uh, where you like, and subfolders and sub subfolders and sub sub so like I have a base raiders project and that's like the entire text of base raiders 
is in there. And uh, but then I also have project management where I have a folder like here's bowling point, here are the Kickstarter goals, here are the rewards, here are the things I've fulfilled, here are the things I need to do, here's the text for this PDF supplement, here's the text for this PDF supplement, and then I transfer it over in InDesign when I finish the rough draft, and I fin I go on from there. But I can go back, and then I have one for the Patreon, I have one for Ruin. And I can just go back in there and look at specific things that I forgot about several months ago. Uh, so, which is very helpful, especially when you're dealing with collaborate, uh, collaborators who are working on their own schedules and you get erratic updates from them. Because that's one thing you also have to deal with uh, in managing multiple projects, uh, managing multiple people or dealing with them. Who yeah. May or may not be timely. Uh, yeah. I mean, one, and I will say this: um, if you want to be a professional, I mean, and this is not unique to the game design RPG industry at all. But if you want to be professional, meet your deadlines whenever possible. Yeah. Be and if you can't, be honest because mm-hmm. people go to you to solve a problem, and if you can't solve, if you become the problem, they don't want, they don't like you. But if you're the guy who solves problems, they were like, oh. We can trust, you know, uh, Bob with this because he meets his deadlines, you know. So that's why a lot of times when you read anything, yeah, uh, a comic book, movie, or whatever, uh, what God, that was terrible writing. Well, Bob's a shitty writer, but but he gets it in on time. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying be shitty, but that it goes back to you know recognizing and being able to manipulate yourself because yeah. like. If you're not going to hit a deadline, it's very easy to say, well, no, I'll do it then. I'll do it then. I'll do it yeah. then. And to the point where you hit the deadline and there's no warning. But then at other times, you just like – so, yeah, I, I – Do blew, a calendar too. So, yeah, I blew some deadlines uh, in No Soul Left Behind yeah. uh, because I got a two-month long-term sub job that I really needed the money for. And yeah. I knew if I'm going to be doing this full-time for two months, yeah. um, there's no way – uh, I'm gonna get the book done on time. So, like, but this, you communicated that. Yeah, but the second I got the job, I'm like Shane. I'm not gonna get it done by this date. Yeah. You're gonna have to tack two months onto it, or I'm not gonna be able to finish it. Yeah. And he was very, you know, polite because, like, so he had like three months of warning. I was not gonna hit my deadline when yeah. I was one month into it. So, uh, and then you could just renegotiate terms, and that's far better than. You don't want to surprise them. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to surprise them on the on the due date, regardless of what side you're on. I mean, if you're the if you're the writer working for someone else, yeah. or if you're the one who's hired someone else, like yeah, uh, you don't want like uh, to say, oh, we need that artwork now, or we need that yeah. artwork. Oh, we don't need that artwork for months because even if that, even if they turn it, if you tell someone, oh, rush, do it right now, they you know they might turn their personal life aside to meet that deadline, and then you're the asshole if you're like, oh yeah, I didn't, it turns out I didn't need that, so yeah. you don't want to be the client you know, from hell. And you don't want to be. Uh, yeah. So then, like, yeah, I know in GDW we're doing you know very much beginning to end. Yeah. Game design lesson process, but another reason it's very good to do a smaller project first, it, our work for a company first, is that <clears throat> doing things in order is detrimental sometimes. Yeah. Like so, instance, uh, I'm trying to get, uh, and we're going to talk about this later. I'm going to try and get some version of Red Markets ready for Gen Con, uh, and so. In order to do that with Jim Con coming early this year, and the fact that I only really have relationship with two artists, two or three artists, and I need to expand that pool, um, I stopped writing the book, which I hate doing. I hate not doing the book and calling it productivity because I know I'm just fooling myself. But I had a ton of stuff I had to do. So I had to get Heaven on Games registered as a business. I had to draft a contract. I had to draft, I had to look through DeviantArt pages and find people. Uh, yeah. I had to write query letters. 
I had to write an artist reference document. I had to write style guides for myself so I could like be consistently planning on yeah. the book. And then I'm still probably shouldn't have done that because I just uh I needed to find a graphic artist still. So like if I can graphic designer. Yeah, graphic designer. So like the earlier and get the layout person on in on this the, the easier it's going to be to design it but um so yeah i've been working very hard on red markets and and gotten nothing done on red markets for the last two weeks because i've had to do a bunch of like legalese email back and forth stuff. the business side not yeah yeah creative side yeah but that's that's a thing i'm also now more vote motivated than ever because i feel like i've been putting it off and then furthermore i'm getting art in so yeah. like i'm getting art and sketches in and that's super motivating for me seeing at any progress. yeah, at any stage in the process, yeah. uh, like art is as important for the writer as it is for the backers in the Kickstarter trailer and stuff like that. Yeah. Like seeing something physically exist outside of your own head and the glaring white yeah. indictment that is your word document, uh, like staring yeah. back at you. Yeah, that that's very motivating. <laughs> so yeah, another, another trick you need to do is like do things out of order so that you can. Uh, you know, vary up the tax enough and get enough novelty to keep moving. Well, I mean, there's a whole field of this. Like, uh, if you study like filmmaking or like even business, their <clears throat> project management is a huge thing. They don't shoot movies in order. They yeah. don't go like scene one. We'll shoot that first. That's a bad sign usually. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, in basic project management is like looking at breaking down every single task that needs to be done, figuring out who needs to do it. And how long it needs to do. And so, like, the idea is to get as many of your, the people you have available to do as many things as quickly as possible. So, like, if, you know, you have Bob, Jane, and Joe available, and Bob need, and there's five tasks to be done, and the task one only Bob can do, and, you know, it takes so long, you have to look at it, sort of break it down, and, like, realize what's the most efficient way I can get this pro- these five tasks done with these three people. Mm-hmm. And if Bob needs all five months to do that one thing, assign that to Bob now. Yeah. And then if one task five only needs a week from Jane or Joe, then, well, you can put that off, even though it's more fun or it's easier to do or you want to do it. Um, that's the kind of thing you need uh, is, you know, get some books on project management or talk to people who have experience with it, like people in the computer game industry or any software industry or filmmaking. Uh, and they will tell you, you know, you have to just step back and look at the project as a whole. It's not just writing the book. It's laying it out. It's getting artwork. It's getting contract, like all these things you mentioned and just come up with a list of it uh, and go from beginning to end. Yeah. So, so now I'm psyched to start writing on the book proper again. And I've already made quite a bit of progress in the play chess draft uh, because that contract uh, art commissioning stuff bled into me having to write the descriptions and the schedules for like, six or seven Gen Con panels that we're doing next year and then emailing literally every game designer I know yeah. and seeing who wants to go in what and like managing it and I'm just so tired after a week and a half of like colloquial alright so can you do this we could get the food trucks here and the like yeah. crappy email language unpunctuated you know yeah. not pretty just functionality that uh and then I had another freelancing thing come down the pipe and so it was very much like contract exchange for my own work you yeah. know, talking about pitches, things like that. And, uh, yeah, I'm so tired of email speak now that I'm like <laughs> eager to go back into writing the book. Yeah. Uh, and, but I'm also going to be glad if I get the project done to, um, to have that finished already, to not worry about that once I get the book written. Cause there's yeah. a large, 
amount of things I don't have to worry about. So this brings me to my main thing that's, that kind of works for me. Um, and I don't know why it works for me because in writing because it doesn't work for me in anything else. So like I've bought like gym memberships to try and like encourage myself to go work out and I just yeah. pay them money to not work out. <laughs> um, but in in writing for some reason, especially RPG stuff, if I pay if I get financially invested in a project, I feel like I have to finish it. And so I've I'm forking over a lot of money for art for a book that doesn't exist yet, and that is motivating me to work even harder for it. Uh, furthermore, I'm kind of setting myself up to try and have an ash can for sale yeah. for, before Gen Con. Uh, and I don't know where I'm going to do the playtesting at, and I don't even know where I'd sell it at because I, I can't justify spending 500 bucks or whatever it is to buy into the Indie Game Developer Network booth yeah. when I may or may not have a product. Yeah. Uh, but So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I don't know how it's going to work out, and that's not great, but I am trying to kind of that, – and that's a hard deadline. i got to get it done by then. Like, yeah. So um, that's you know, probably not wise to do unless you know your work habits very well and you've done stuff before. But there yeah, are, I am kind of sort of intentionally painting myself into a corner to get things done faster. I mean, you know yourself better than we know. I mean, and what works for one person doesn't work for another. I mean, mm-hmm. I've heard of other techniques like uh, there was a guy on Boing Boing a few months ago who was talking about he doesn't do to-do lists. He does a schedule. He schedules himself. I will write from four to six today, and then I will do this. And he says it works really well. Uh, yeah. Uh, you probably saw the same post. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing is the, the key is if whatever – if you're not making your deadlines, if you're not getting stuff done, try something different. I mean that's the, the key thing is like – if it doesn't work, yeah, well, maybe you should change it. Uh, yeah, and then, like, you've got to do the business side of things. Like, uh, I really need to start running games for uh, Noel Saul Left Behind. But before that, I got a lot of Red Market stuff done in just uh, switching back and forth between writing Red Markets and then Fulfillment Hell on a Kickstarter. Because like, yeah. Fulfillment Hell is a lot of really time-consuming, mundane, non-engaging tasks that you can sort of like watch a movie while you do yeah. or listen to music or, or do something. Stuffing packages. Yeah, stuffing envelopes or copying <laughs> addresses over from Excel or yeah. like doing this, that, and the other. And um, so there's uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. And and that can be helpful too. The, the big thing though is, is you don't want to be one of those people who always knocks out the easy tasks all the easy, like mindless tasks first, and then yeah. hits because that's the big problem. Again, yeah, go back to project management. Look at what needs to. Yeah, like, you need to mix it up. Yeah. You need you can't like do all the easy stuff first and then just have I have to write an entire book now. Yeah, you've got to do one and then the other and one and then the other. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, you got to manipulate yourself that way too, and give yourself enough novelty to keep moving forward. Yeah, and then. Uh, I guess even when you're doing everything right, you have to acknowledge the fact that a lot of time writing takes work that doesn't look like writing. Like, I need to play video games sometimes. Yeah. Like, I need to, like, get away from it or take a walk or do something that looks like I'm just being lazy and killing time. Right. Yeah. Well, the, the thing about writing is, you know, we often talk about, like, word count per day or something like that. Like, yeah. I made a 1,000 words. I did 5,000 words a day or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but... Not every word is equally hard or easy to write. Yeah. There are some times where I get like 300 words done a day and like those 300 words were a bitch to write. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And then some days it's like 3,000 words. I'm like, yeah, oh, that was easy. Eh, yeah. Whatever. So you have to know what you're like, what's easier for you. 
uh, to write and budget your time accordingly. If you're if you're if there's a type of writing that's coming up, like oh, I have to do this kind of technical writing or rule game mechanic writing, and I suck at that, you know. Yeah. Then you need to give yourself more time accordingly. Or if you're really bad at fiction, you know, and you need more time for that. Uh, or outsources again. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong, especially once you get a little bit of experience to try and get any more help from projects. I mean, most RPG books, uh, like Firewall, for example, is not written by you know you and uh, by just Caleb and I. There's like eight people writing uh, on it. Or yeah, something. and in that regard, I'm very stupid, and now yeah. I'm doing red markets. <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, I wrote base. I mean, well, even base yeah. writers, I had like, oh, I'll just copy sixty thousand words of rules and paste those in. And- <laughs> Remove all the Victorian uh, terms. And, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Point taken. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm having to write all the rules from scratch, all the setting from scratch. Uh, I would like to get people commissioned to do scenario stuff if we ever get to that point in the stretch goals. But that's yeah. so far ahead of the that's the cart so far ahead of the horse uh that you can't even talk about it so but the goal is is like if i can get this out by myself i feel like i could very easily get enough credit and recognition to do editing work and start commissioning books and 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 edit more on back end kind of stuff um but yeah i mean it's something to consider when you when you're balancing all these projects uh and, and trying to get yourself motivated to do things that that yeah you can't get too down on yourself when you don't hit a work count as a metric time is probably way better than work count if you're doing a consistent time a day yeah like because when i was hitting a consistent word count a day or over uh the reason would be because i would not let myself stop unless i hit i think it was like 1500 to meet the deadline yeah um so i wouldn't let myself stop so sometimes it took 13 hours in agony to hit that yeah. and then other times I did it in two hours and I still felt like kept going and that's when I would get more and a lot but the fact of the matter is is like I was heinously unemployed and you know I didn't have money to do anything even if I could do anything and so I, I, you know most people can't have a I may work a 13 hour shift I may work a two hour shift yeah. like most people don't have that in their lives uh, and I don't have that in my life anymore so it is uh, it, consistent time is better so I can't even do consistent time I just have to promise myself that yeah. uh, if I am um, uh, if I'm at work and I have time and I can get away with not focusing yeah. on the work that's when I write record markets every time so I never I've never looking at like internet videos or doing anything like that. When I'm when I'm at work, and I have a moment to myself, I I do red markets. Yeah. Uh, and when I am at home and Sarah is out of town, I do red markets. So uh, that's where we're at currently. But yeah. Uh, but in summer, I'm going to have to go back to just full blown. I have to kill this many words a day. So. Yeah. Uh, for me, I know when I'm writing that I, especially when I again why one of the reasons why I like doing multiple. Bra- I like doing multiple projects at once uh, is because I know I do, I write a lot faster at the start of a project than at the end. Oh yeah. Uh, oh and God. Yeah. Even for short assignments, even if it's like 6,000 words, 5,000 words. I'm like first 3000 words, last thousand words uh, take as long as the first 3000, yeah. you know? And, uh, but you can, and if you have a lot of those things, vary it up. If you're working on three projects, just go back between them mm-hmm. and that can help. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that's one way to help 
meet work out. Uh, yeah, but if you the, have tight deadlines. But at the same time, you have to know your limitations, too. Yeah. So I've been at the point where I'm turning down freelancing jobs. So you have a freelancing job now that I was originally yeah. contacted for, too. Uh, but it took a while for the person to get back to me yeah. and just know at this point, like I, I'm not going to turn down a freelancing job for a company I've worked for before because I have a relationship with them, Yeah. but I'm, I'm not, I'm not soliciting new work cause I got to get this done. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you have to know your limitations or you can easily just, uh, stack things up. So like I shudder to think, uh, there, there's two games ideas I have that I want to design yeah. and, uh, I want to look into, but like to start on those at this point would just be a distraction and i you know like i have other things i could do to kill time because because the way red markets is working is this this draft four so and it's not like every draft changed completely i'm just labeling the draft and so my my playtest draft like certain rules didn't change so like the humanity mechanics have generally been well accepted and worked well in play so far. Uh, it might be different in macro, but they're fine. And so, like, in drafting my playtest stuff, I have to copy edit that and then paste it in. So, like, I'm saving those for days. So, like, right now I'm slogging through, like, retirement plans. I'm slogging through, uh, you know, advanced character advancement stuff because I have no rules written for this at all. And so I have to actively think about it. It burns a lot of processing power and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's other things I need to do as well because we completely redid the combat system and it's just a list of things like notes for me. I have to turn that into an actual chapter. That's going to yeah. take a while. Uh, enclave generating, so generating a city. Yeah. Out in the loss. I need to find some mechanics for that and kind of figure out how to adapt it to mine thing. So I'm saving these sections that is just like, oh, here's a section that's as big as the one I just finished writing. And I got that one done in a day, like because I can copy and paste the humanity rules in there. I can yeah. copy and paste uh, the the basic dice mechanic profit system yeah. the explanation of how that sell sheet stuff in there. Uh, and like I'm saving those, I'm not doing those all at once because then I know it's just going to be a slog. So I will yeah. slog, and then I will burn through a chapter. That's actually, kind and then of, I'll slog, um, and I'll burn through a chapter. That's actually kind of how I approach base raiders because like I had the rules from Kerberos Club Fate Edition, uh, which had to be revised. I had to take out the Victorian terms and modernize and change a few things here and there. But you know that's sixty thousand words that would go very quickly because again I'm just changing it, yeah as opposed to like 80,000 words worth of original setting material and so I would write like a big chunk of the setting material and then I would go back and revise a huge chunk of the the OGL text uh just so again I could vary it up yeah uh, and I could dedicate two solid yeah. weeks to just the stuff I'm copy and pasting and cleaning yeah and I'd have 75 percent of the project done but I know that last 25 percent which yeah. was going to suck in the first place is now going to drag on Forever, but like, yeah, revising that text was a lot. E- I felt like I was I was doing so well. Look, I got through ten thousand words. Yeah. Today. Oh my god, it was great. You know, so like especially in the middle of a project, that's really yeah. helpful if you could figure out something again. And like going back to breaking up smaller tasks, so you don't do them all. Don't don't eat the candy before the main meal, basically, yeah. or don't eat dessert. Uh, try and break it up so you can, you know. So yeah, we had a stretch goal on those left behind, which the way it was doing in the middle stretches, I never imagined happening. But we hit the we yeah. hit the taint, we hit the scenario seeds, and God, that took me as long to write as the book. Like yeah. it, 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 it's ten thousand words, like, and I think it's good stuff. But and I have no excuse other than the fact that like. I was working on two other projects and I put that one away for months and just like getting back into the headspace of that was yeah 
agony for me because I was like, right. Because, you know, it's better angels. It's very much like tongue in cheek, jokey satire kind of yeah. stuff. It's not how I'm writing Red Markets. And it's sure shit not how I can write Eclipse Phase. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like going back into like wackety schmackety do after like the cold, lifeless stars looking passively as you die in space. Yeah. The, like, yeah. There are dangers of yeah. doing multiple projects and that's screwing up your house styles and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Definitely don't want to have a high fantasy feel for your cold sci-fi horror game or comedic or whatever, uh, and that's that's kind of common uh, to be oscillating between house styles. So yeah, uh, stay aware of that. Uh, but at, at the same time, like you can also save stuff for the end. So like if I put out a playtest draft, it's if I get it done, it's going to be like a five-page quick rundown of the setting. Yeah. Uh, probably no longer than the crap I put in the forums. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then it's going to be very much how to run the rules from front to back. Uh, and I think it'll have all of the player stuff and then about half of the GM chapter uh, and if I get it done. But after I get that done and if it play test, you know, it doesn't just collapse on the macro level and we get it revised then uh, the stuff I need to finish is all of the setting information. And I have not touched the setting information yet. It is literally just outlined. It's in my head. It's outlined and researched. And I have the research crate at home, which is just full of books and notes and highlighters and, and crap to go through when I do the setting. But it's going to be very much like writing campaign books in between uh, the notes for no evil and no soul left behind and the devotees and you know all that because i i'm very good at knocking that out quickly yeah and keeping myself entertained while i do it now so it's my hope that if i can get the playtest out this summer we could easily have a kickstarter sometime next year because i can plow through that kind of material fairly quickly so it, yeah. is, it is very much about knowing your limitations knowing when to say yeah no no to a job yeah. knowing when to uh when to hold things back and when to get them done early and when yeah so well it's not just your limitation it's knowing yourself your strengths too yeah like what pushes you to write faster or better and mm-hmm. uh what or create or whatever it is you do uh for game design and uh sticking to that and then and experimenting to make see if you can try something better uh see if you can do something that helps or if some again uh it's be it's self-awareness more than anything yes yeah. i think and so. I'm, uh, and yeah, so like I've got this done, but I'm probably going to pay for editing pre Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, so I will probably have the ed- uh, not laid out, and I definitely can't afford art for a book or distribution or anything like that. We if if the Kickstarter fails, there will be no book. Uh, but I might pay for editing of the text first, just because uh, I will have two fifths of it if I get every stretch goal I want, I'd have two fifths of it done. And so like, if I get that fully edited while I'm writing the other three fifths, that gives me something to do to keep motivating myself on the three fifths, rather than just staring at blank pages and sighing and feeling despair. uh, (laughs) I can take a day off and go through and do editing marks on the things that are done and remind myself that big parts are done. Yeah. Uh, So I, I know it's, only possible because i have a job to do that out of pocket yeah. but you know i probably will because it will get it out faster yeah uh so yeah uh yeah what do what do writers and small businesses have in common 
horror vacui, the fear of white space. <laughs> so yeah. writers fear the blank page. Yeah. And small businesses fear a, an ad that isn't covered <laughs> in ad copy and garish colors. You know? <laughs> yes. Buy our, uh, buy our couch at Couch Mart, you know, <laughs> with a uh, rainbow color. So pretty uh, much, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that. That's the uh, uh, key here. But um, anyway, so I think uh, hopefully that will give you guys some uh, advice, help when you're you know tackling your own game design projects. Uh, but we should give you guys an update on our own stuff. Since yeah, we are working on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, you've been talking a little about what what you've been doing for red markets, but. Uh, for Ruin, I have, like, we have, we actually during Springfield Game, I play tested Ruin as well. And what I realized during that play test, which is recorded and will be released during the Kickstarter, uh, or to help promote the Kickstarter, um, is that I have a very unusual concept for a horror game. You know, it's an architectural horror, it's a fear of place. And my theme about the game is how a place changes people, how you're changed by your environment. I mean, architecture is about man changing the environment to suit his needs. So architecture horror is the environment changing to suit, you know, its needs, changing you to suit its needs. Yeah. Um, And so you have these supernaturally uh, haunted, contaminated places. And what I realized was that I needed a concrete, a a defined setting to do playtesting and to figure the rules out. A setting which I understood extremely well and knew how it would how it would react to players and how it would change players over time, and so I took the seed of one of the scenarios I've done in the past, the night clerk, and I decided to make a, a setting where you're basically trapped in this haunted hotel, and um, so that's where I'm at right now is defining. I've written like about ten thousand words of history, and um, you're commissioning maps and stuff like I'm that. I'm commissioning maps. Um, and multiple maps, because one of the things is the, the the environment will change over the course of certain triggers, whether it's time or player actions. I don't want to spoil it because Caleb, will be, uh, <laughs> I will probably be playing it. Yeah, now. you will be playtesting it. But um, one of the things I'm very inspired by, or one of uh, obvious inspiration, are survival horror games, uh, especially things like Dead Space or uh, Bioshock. Where you come in, and I, I still, I, I can't think of it. There's, it's really a subgenre of games, and I've talked about this before. Where you, the player just enters this lost, dead city, and you find messages from the people who've been killed by whatever horror it was, and it's just so common. You're like, oh, it's a lab, or it's an underwater city, yeah, or it's a space station. And yeah, there's always, and you, you talk, yeah, I mean, we talked about this before, but that's one of the things I'm consciously going for. So. Um, I'm coming up again. Play test characters will be partially generated before play, but also generated during gameplay, and will also have chances to change to reallocate points in that game, uh, reallocate skills uh, during gameplay. And so, I want to have everything thematically appropriate uh, for a haunted hotel. That yeah, is, have, has a very specific origin. It's not because that's one of the things I do in a lot of my games. Is is I kind of like hand wave it no it's horror it's not supposed to make sense i kind of get a little too house of leaves on it you know? yeah and um i'm trying to avoid it this time yeah but still retain some of that it's still horror it's not all going to make sense in a total because it's lovecraftian i mean like you have to yeah. call her out of space it's you know the color caused all the bad things you don't understand what the color is that's mm-hmm. the kind of level of understanding i want yeah so uh that's where i'm at with now once i get a few more maps done uh, I'll be ready to start playtesting again. Our next round of playtesting. Cool. Take it from there. So 
The thing is, I have no idea when it's going to be done. It's I'm going to keep working on it until it's ready. Yeah. So that's why I'm working on multiple projects is because I want Ruin's going to be my second big RPG. Like after Base Raiders and Ruin are done, I'll be like I'll probably focus on other games for designing like card yeah. games or something like that. But like I want to get Ruin done. I want yeah. That to be I want to be that. I want it to be huge. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to uh, be huge. Yeah. What I've realized in trying to get this. Uh, playtest draft together is that we are both going to have a nightmare in terms of coming up with cell text which i'm pretty yeah. shitty at writing in the first place but like uh year has a complication of being a genre that few people are going to recognize yeah uh and it's a very particular strength you're very much going to have to do high concept like it's like this meets this but that's looks terrible also a lot, of, a lot of it's going to depend on the art too yeah and it's going to depend it's on a very art. visual game and me like i do i'm talking about something that doesn't really exist as a genre. I mean, economics in horror is a common thing, but it's rarely explicit. Yeah. Uh, it's normally sublimated into, like, the ghost in the house. When yeah. They, you're not really scared of the ghost. You're scared of the fact that you bought a house. And uh, <laughs> you are now Did beholden see, to that place. Um, um, so yeah. economic horror is not a thing that people really recognize. Also, there's zombies, and people are starting to have visceral reactions against zombies. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Which, I mean, there's nothing I can really stop about. I I wrote a zombie game because I wanted to write a zombie game, not because. But still, zombie games, movies, and TV shows are still super popular. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so like getting people to realize, yes, there are zombies in it. No, it is not like typical zombie trope. It is very much. Don't parkour over all the zombies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you could. (laughs) Uh, You get paid. Yeah, the the dying light does have some similarity stuff to. Yeah. You basically play what in my setting is called a steward. Yeah. Which is you are a from a government. And your deep infiltration agent in the abandoned wilds for when the government wants to take it back. Uh, so you're playing survivors against each other for the benefit of the, the government. Uh, so, yeah, you know, no, I mean, there's, yeah, I'm still absorbing other media. And I know that zombies aren't the most original idea ever, but Celtex is going to suck. Um, so anywhere, where am I with red markets? You said you don't know when you're going to ru- no, don't know when you're going to get ruined done. Yeah. Uh, I am very sick of feeling that way about Red Market, so <laughs> I am painting myself into a corner. Okay. So, uh, well, you're I, a lot farther along than I am. Yeah, and I am. Uh, so at this point, I'm coming up with a playtest draft. So the playtest draft will include the basics of the profit system. So you could move it to other systems if you want to, but like the basic of the red die, black die mechanic. It will include uh, all of character generation. It will include all of uh, upkeep. So how you pay your bills. Uh, it will include a full character sheet that I'll have commissioned and look nice. Uh, and it will include enclave generation, so you can make your own long-term play kind of stuff. Uh, humanity rules, uh, combat, of course, and a full gear table, although I'm probably going to have to add stuff if it becomes a full book. but yeah. Uh, then they will have a DM chapter to tell you basically how the structure of the game is run. Uh, and it will have the... Uh, ways to make jobs. So it'll have like the supply demand chart and the way you do negotiations and all that kind of stuff in the GM chapter. Uh, I probably won't completely fill out the GM chapter in terms of like 
Um, I'm not going to have the D100 encounter table. I've got like 25 of those written, but that's a lot to include to an ash can already. Yeah. And then uh, I also want to try out a D10 like interlude system where it's like very much role play or a D10 like theme where like the GM can sort of improvise what happens in legs of a journey rather than rolling for D100 and getting a specific pre-made thing. Uh, also, the D100 tables is probably something I will try and commission out to other writers yeah. to get done faster. Uh, so looking at all that together, depending on how it's laid out, it might be 75 to 100 pages. Uh, and I'm looking to sell it for like five or seven bucks, possibly. Uh, and I will probably distribute it with a... I mean, if it's 100 pages, you should probably... And it's going to be printed, I mean... Maybe more like ten, but like that's that's a you know printing question. So yeah, yeah, it's a printing question. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm not there. I need it to be layoutable before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can decide those things. So that would be nice to have for Gen Con as a promotional tool, uh, and then I could have. Uh, if I get that done, I want to have a website up by then. And on the website, I'm going to put put the first portfolio just as a word document. So uh, yeah, I've got quite a I've got quite a few. Um, quite a few things written in terms of like playtest scenarios that can be adapted for it and i have from the very beginning uh had a very strict structure for scenarios so uh i think what i would do for pre-generated scenarios for red markets if we get to that point where i'm supporting the game with supplements is i'm going to put up portfolios that could be print or pdf yeah and they are not a scenario they are packets of like Scenarios. 10 or 12 scenarios uh, that are run at a thousand pages so like here's an enclave Here's what that enclave needs. A thousand words. Not yeah, yeah, th- yeah, a thousand words. Sorry. Yeah. I do, I do overwrite, but not quite that much. Uh, so, yeah, a thousand words. So, like, here's an enclave. Who's, here's there. Here's their spots to play on negotiation. Uh, here's the job site. Here's the, here's the complication at the job site. Here's the competition. And then here's the other one. So, um, because short-term red markets play, uh, you basically have to design multiple jobs before you hit the ground to simulate a market economy because they go for choice. Yeah. Uh, so I, v- I very rarely like have one job you guys can possibly do and play tests because there's other jobs you could go if you didn't want that one. Um, and so that's kind of how I'm going to do. And I'll probably put together like three for a play trust draft and some play test notes. So the, the ideal will be uh, if you're at Gen Con, you can get a play test packet yeah. Or if you're on the forums and you've asked for one, I can send you like Word documents. Uh, and then you can go to the website and pick up one of the scenario seeds and run it for your group and tell me how it goes. And then after a few months of that, hopefully I can start. Uh, if I'm distributing a gym count, I'll be back at work again, hopefully. And uh, I can start picking away at setting material. So that's the thing. Like the sooner I get it done, like if I could get the play test draft done by the end of the school year and keep up with my freelancing that would be awesome because then i could just really slog into the setting material in summer while i wait for art and layout to come in yeah and that would be ideal but you know god likes to take your plans and play trash can basketball with someone uh so yeah you know that's that's the that's the hope yeah so far is get that out promote the game make a serious summer effort and then either during like spring break or yeah yeah it'd probably have to be spring break that'd be we could do the full kickstarter awesome. you, yeah i'd have to socially manage that and that's hard to do it's cool. oh yeah i can't be Good on one. twitter for 12 hours a day <laughs> but well, my kickstarter. yeah well my kids are like yeah trying to learn how to use commas like yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> Commas are overrated. Mr. Stokes, please. Uh, shut up, Timmy. Timmy waited. I got to put up a stretch goal. Timmy waited and believe in commas. Why should you? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's that's what I'm doing currently. It is. It can be played. It can yeah. be played, and you can have fun for at least one session. Um, and then I suppose that's the other thing. We need to start posting games of it. Yeah, like so we've we got have a bunch recorded. Yeah, we have a bunch recorded, but we need to start like a campaign. Yeah, where uh, we're actually trying to take the material a little more seriously than we usually do. Yeah, to see if the macro stuff works. So maybe don't name ourselves Libertarian Paradise or after characters from Fraggle Rock this time. <laughs> uh, or Electric Mayhem. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe take it a little bit more seriously with a yeah. with a full. But we'll see if it works. No promise. We'll see if it works in a campaign, and then we can post uh, some some play tests and then we can make the others rewards for a Kickstarter. Great. Great. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned economics and horror, um, I just saw the trailer for the new Amity, Amityville movie though, you know, based on, the, Oh, they're doing another one. Yeah, they're doing another one. And this one is super, I, I, I was thinking about it, Mark, it's economics and horror because <laughs> the whole premise is this, this mother and her two kids move in, but one's a teenage daughter and the other one is this kid who is bedridden and he needs life support systems, uh, I, I can't tell. Like from the trailer, it's not sure if he's like in a coma and he can't talk at all, or if he's just quadriplegic. But anyways, the house makes him better, or is it? Is it trying to possess him? And so it's like, oh, the economic insecurity of having to deal with a kid on that kind of medical support. Boy, that's you know pretty pretty obvious. So yeah, uh, economics and horror is still not just you know getting a new house. It's you know dealing with a kid like that. So. Yeah, and like. Uh yeah, I have, I'm struggling with nomenclature within the game rules yeah. themselves, and so like the cell text, I just don't even know where to start. Like, yeah. like uh, I'm trying to explain now how you do upkeep in the game and like when it occurs because I don't want it to be like ambiguous and like, yeah, because that's a that's a good way to get people really furious as they try and play the game. So yeah, we um, actually had an issue in that in Atomic Robo. We were playing that last night. And there's like a two-page spread that says, "Here's how to make a character in like five easy character creation." Mode. Yeah, do this, this, this. You're done. Mm-hmm. And then, but then five pages later, improving your skills. You can do this to raise your skills. If you made your character this way, you can raise your skill like this and this and this, which isn't mentioned at all. Yeah. So like, this is the second session of our game, and all of us, I didn't see that page because I just read easy character creation mode. All right, I'm done. I don't have to yeah. keep reading. But what David did, and he's like, no, I could do this. That's why I have a plus five instead of a plus three. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> so it was kind of annoying. Yeah, and it's it's simple, and the character sheet's tracking a lot of stuff for you. So basic, but like I need to do, I'm adding a part on the character sheet for basically just accounting. Yeah. Uh, so you can keep track of stuff. So like just so I can codify it into a process. So like when you get bounty, it goes in the bank on your yeah. character sheet. And from the bank, it can go into your retirement plan. Yeah. Uh, you can't take it out of the retirement plan without taking a stress test because, you know, you're doing all of this and getting no closer to getting out and then it wears on you. Uh, so once it's in the retirement plan, it stays there or you take stress to move it again. Uh, uh, or, or from the bank, it can go into one of your three upkeep slots. And so then th- there's sustenance. So, like, stay alive, pay rent, pay your dependents. So that's where you account, like, all the stuff you have to have. Uh, then there's maintenance. That's where you add up all your gear and stuff. You may or may not make it, but you move it into maintenance. And then from there, you can pay your gear and, and things like that. And uh, then there's uh, 
what am I calling it? incidentals? So like healing humanity and uh, bribes, paying back your favors for references. Yeah, uh, like which is basically a re-roll mechanic other than yeah. will. Um, and it's like really particulate, and I feel terrible like writing all out because I feel like I'm just over designing or something like that. Because it because it, essentially. There's one game currency, bounty. That's it. Like, yeah. there's charges on gear. That's the only other game currency. And the only way you buy more charges is bounty. The only way you get healthier is bounty. The only way you get saner is bounty. You just need money. Like, uh, it, it, and so like, rather than like having XP and then gold and like a lot of different game currencies, I, I think I'm doing the economic theme in that like literally everything is tied to a single financial currency. Um, so it's really simple in yeah. that, but like, I also don't think that it's going. It really follows the grammar of typical game design, and so I may be over designing or not. But right now, mm-hmm. I'm like really like trying to figure, you know, idiot proof. I don't. I'm not saying people are idiots for not knowing what I'm saying, but like, you know, make it hard to misunderstand the system. So yeah. bounty goes here. You go towards retirement, or you go towards keeping yourself healthy. Like yeah. and you can keep yourself healthy and in good repair in these three ways. Yeah. Uh and then you choose which ones you want to meet or if you don't want to meet them or not. Because like yeah. on incidentals you don't have to pay it up, but you can only heal a very limited amount between games without it. You can only get more sane. You actually can't get more sane at all without it. Uh and you can't pay off favors without it. So uh yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if uh, I get it done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you little faith. Uh, well, um, I have faith in your ability to multitask. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners do too. Uh, uh, and I hopefully next time we do a, an episode, we can talk about uh, art and commissioning art because yeah. I'm, up, I'm upping my game on art direction. Other yeah. than like. Telling, I'm telling Ian, draw me a cool monster. And Ian's like, what should it look like? And I'm like, I don't know. Cool. And he's like, okay. And yeah, so. What color space is it? What size is it? What yeah. DPI should I put it in? And the, yeah, that w- no security was very yeah. much like, I don't know. It's like, it eats dead stuff. So <laughs> make it look yeah. like it eats dead stuff. Like, it's very much like very loose. Whereas I have like a 34 slide artist reference document for yeah. this book. So. Uh, yeah, well, the, that's a whole also, episode in and of itself yeah. to try and yeah talk. And about there's also the technical side too. Like, send me a picture that I can put in the book with minimal work. You know, yeah. Kind of what kind of are you a for? Like yeah. managing negative space for text and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so uh, this ends uh, GDW episode seven: multitasking mayhem. Uh, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.